Craft Beer Radio, episode 284 on April 5th, 2014. Put me in, Coach. It's time for Craft Beer Radio. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. And it's the beginning of baseball season, so why not just start out with this song and start out with some very high alcohol beers we had left over. <laughs> it's, you know, classic baseball song. Get you in the mood for the season. It seemed like a good up-tempo start to the show. There, there's our review critique okay. to make it fair use. Um, yeah, we're... Uh, we need to go beer shopping. Yeah. Um, we're, I shouldn't say we're, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel because if it's like they're crappy beers or anything, but there's not a big selection. I mean, we could probably do another month of just all barley wines and <laughs> empty this cellar out, but, you know, got to save some of those for later. But we got some old beers here tonight, uh, and, uh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, here's yeah. the question. Which way do you want to go? Which way do we want to go? Let's do the oldest one first. Uh, all right. What okay. do you say? Why yeah. not? So this is a 19-year-old beer. This is the oldest beer we've done on Craft Beer Radio. This is Sam oh. Adams... Ooh. The Corkbroke. The Corkbroke. This is Sam Adams Triple Bock. From 95. From 1995. The, uh, the cork is broken. <laughs> I'm trying to, like... So I got a corkscrew here, so it's not a huge deal, but I'm trying to, like, figure out, like... If you can to, do it without How to getting, proceed without getting yeah. cork all through the beer, right? Right. So let's see. Slowly but surely, you may not want to rub it on the table. Yeah. <laughs> Triple Bach is one of their is, is really one of Sam Adams' old uh, oldest it's extreme beers, first right? Extreme beer, yeah. Come oh, I pulled up part of the cork. <laughs> it is. It uses according to their page, Tetnanger Hillertau Noble Hops. Uses two row Harrington and chocolate malts, two Sam Adams yeast, an alcohol by volume of eighteen percent. Uh, not currently brewed, they say. No. Oh, oh, cork fell oh. in. Oh well, cork fell in. That'll be a little corky. So it pours a, a dark black kind of motor oily look to it doesn't appear to have much in the way of carbonation. I don't think it, ever, it was never carbonated, but with the cork, the state it was in, it was never going to hold in any yeah. kind of yeah. carbonation either. This thing, if you don't remember, came in this blue, cobalt blue bottle, right. and it was corked, with, it had a little plastic topper on the cork, but yeah, this cork is completely, <laughs> it wasn't made in the last 19 years, it seems. <laughs> It's all falling apart. And the cork hadn't sealed all that well. When I took, had a, a shrink wrap neck thing on it, and when I peeled the shrink wrap off, you can see that a lot of beer is leaked. Yeah, there's um, gook all on it. But I remember I got this beer from, oh, what's his name? The guy that opened the Pittsburgh Bottle Shop Cafe down in Bridgeville. He uh, was showing me around, and this beer was sitting in the kitchen next to, to the microwave. microwave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think it was the '95. I think I'm pretty sure it was this one. So this was the first year they made it. They made it again in '97, I believe. And we had '97 on the show. Ooh. All right. So it smells a little boozy, a little very caramelly or toffee. 
Love that soy sauce. Actually, you know, I was going to say that um, this beer is known for being very soy saucy. The the first aroma, I didn't get much soy sauce, but at the very end, it just started to come in, so it wasn't really an overpowering soy sauce on it. Where's our little laser? Because so, this is cold. These are all kind of just out of the fridge, so we need to warm them up a little bit. It's at 54. Really? Yeah, I guess it is up to a normal, a reasonable temperature. It smells pretty good. Yeah, it does. It smells like a beer that I certainly wouldn't have enjoyed eight years ago. (laughs) Yeah, so... I'm getting a a little bit of of hoppiness. A little something that seems kind of hoppy. Okay. But overall, yeah, just a, a pretty boozy and, and lots of uh, lots of caramel malt. Yeah, so and chocolate malt. Yeah, I'm, uh, let's see. Getting some rich toffee, um, maybe a touch of tobacco. You can see that the soy is. I'm smelling the soy a little bit more now, but it actually smells really good. It doesn't smell kind of... I don't know what sort I'm looking for, but, you know, in the past it's always been a derogatory term when talking about triple bock and soy sauce. I don't know. It smells kind of good to me right now. All right. Going to the sip. I got the uh, most of the floating cork docked up on yeah. the side of the glass, so it's not in the beer now. There's a little bit of, of also, like, if you ever roast corn, and you get so the corn leaves themselves have sort of a roasty character okay. to them. It's really sweet and sugary. Meg took the first sip, and um, just I was kind of surprised how sweet it was. Yeah, like a... Like a, a whole lot of plum... Mm-hmm. Condensed with a lot of simple syrup or sugar or something. It's plum and kind of raisin. There's a definitely raisin quality there. Maybe a little. There is a little bit of of chocolate on the edge too. Mm-hmm. No, you know this cork was completely destroyed right so think about oxidation when you're drinking this because i think you know it's a it's a heavily well it doesn't have cardboard it has tons of that sherry right it's a heavily oxidized beer yeah very though i mean the flavor is so potent you take the tiniest little sip and it's almost more than enough you know (laughs) such a potent flavor this is strong and um like strong on on the mouth, not just. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not the alcohol; it's it's the flavor. It is uh, over, almost overpowering. Mm-hmm. It really it lays a it it's a number on your tongue just because of really how how sweet it is, and uh, yeah, that that oxidation character is adding a lot to. Mm, <laughs> I'm having a hard time describing it. Booziness, definitely feel it on your throat as you breathe. Even, you know, take, you feel it in your mouth, actually, as you 
have a completely empty mouth, breathe in, you kind of feel it go back into your throat and up into your sinuses, some of the, uh, you know, the vaporization from the alcohol. Greg's making a face. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing we, it's a, it's a, like a 10 ounce bottle, 11.2 yeah. ounce bottle, and this thing could easily go like eight ways, just pour everyone just a little <laughs> tiny little nip. No, it's only an 8.45 fluid ounce bottle. So it's yeah, a tiny a little bottle. Bow. But um, I don't know if I'll be able to finish all this. Yeah, one ounce would have been a good serving for yeah. it. Yeah. This is a, a lot to take in. And um, there's there, there are a, a lot of fruity characteristics that come here, especially once you finally get it down. Mm-hmm. Good thing we didn't save this for like yeah. a grand twenty-year yeah. reveal. <laughs> that would have been too much hype. But there's something of a medicine quality to it too. Uh, it, a little, a little cough syrup like. Hear that? That's the dump bucket. <laughs> that is the dump bucket. The infamous dump bucket. Um, I'm not dumping it just yet, but there's no way I'm going to work through this whole glass. For some reason, what's coming to my mind is is uh, tips of, of flowers of like raspberry. Um, okay, yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's a, a lot of like a resiny, a resiny raspberry liqueur that mm-hmm. has also been you know, just thrown a lot of syrup into it, right? All right, one more sip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't horrible. But no, I mean, but it wasn't. It, but it's not drinkable. Yes, it's it's, it's you know just this little sipper, and uh, it's something where the <clears throat> the best way is to. If you if you happen to have one of these available, open it up, pull yourself a, a sip, and maybe close it up again. Yeah, actually, we could have done that, right? We could have just poured. If we yeah. if we had known, we could have poured a tiny little bit and then xylist it and had it again in twenty years. Yeah, and xylist would have been a better stopper than that cork. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow. So that was triple buck. And it still is triple vodka in my tongue. Mm. Okay. A little bit of water to get that out of the way. All right, so. (laughs) Yeah, let's do the stone. Let's go for another type of of assault. (laughs) This is a 2008 double bastard that we have here. 2008, 2008 double bastard. Let me write down these vintages on our notes so we have them. So Stone Double Bastard is, of course, the double version of their Arrogant Bastard. So Arrogant Bastard Ale is their famous IPA that's super hoppy and super bitter. 11.2% alcohol by volume. And uh, one of the uh, highest rated beers, I believe, still. It's been a while since I had a double bastard. I really don't have any direct recollection of what they 
what it is, what it tastes like, other than, you know, big and malty and bitter and... Um, the Advocate rates it uh, 95, which they call world-class. The the brothers call it a 100. And Rate Beer gives it a 100. So, well-respected, well-known beer. First sniff, I smelled a lot of hops. I went back to smell it again, and now I can't really smell them so much. Now I'm smelling a little bit of of cherry and... I also have some wheat in there, which is weird. Some weed. (laughs) That's really weird. It wouldn't be that weird. Yeah, it's funny. I I I'm, I was gonna say, wow, it still smells really hoppy after you know six years, but it was only the first sniff, and then I can't I can't, really can't pick out a big hop aroma after the first sniff. Now I'm getting tons of um. It, it reminds it's almost a little peat, right? Peat? Reminds, Maybe. Uh, see, I'm smelling or or a little. I'm, I'm thinking of like a weirdly enough, like a, a baseball mound, right? A little dirt mound. So fresh dirt. So dirt's. I was going to say it, for some reason it just taking me to an orchard. It's reminding yeah. me of an orchard, right? You're getting some, you know, some some cherry. You're getting kind of uh, a smell of the leaves or the bark or something like that. You know, it just it just reminds me overall of the, it's taking me to an orchard. But so when you were talking about you know amount of dirt, amount of fresh clean dirt. I like your orchard call. There, there's some, yeah. There's some sort of whiff of some something fruity there. I'm smelling, you know, some all too a little bit of something caramel going on, but it's really behind the the cherry fruity part of it. A little bit of. Hmm. I was gonna say. A little oatmeal-y, but not quite that much. Just something maybe brand-like. I don't know. It, it's There's something cereal-like about some of the aroma on this. Hmm. Flavor has... Um, that's interesting. That what? is different than I would have expected. It is very different. So the the body is not. I was doing this huge full body. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a medium medium heavy body, but not not full. The fruit carries through on the flavor, but not so much cherries. It's more of oh, I don't know, almost um, plantain like green yeah, pan, yeah. green plantain or something like Good. that. Like Good like call. almost like. Or you, almost like so unripe that you'd have to cut it with a mm-hmm. knife or something, you know? A little bit of the taste of the malt is reminding me of like a Nestle's uh, or a Toll House cookie. Without some of the chocolate in it, but sort of mm-hmm. the same sugary and brown sugar notes. But I like your plantain call a lot. Getting mm. a, a touch of um, pineapple, too. Like, not so much canned pineapple soaked in syrup, but like fresh, just fresh cut pineapple. Get a little bit of that. Yeah. Hmm. 
It's really interesting because it's not laying on my tongue bitter like Eric and Vassar usually mm-hmm. does. Right. It's it's actually sweet and uh, has interesting flavors to it. Although the bitter is starting to add up just a bit. Okay, there's some grapefruit that I just tasted. Mm. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. So so make sure you have a 1995 triple buck before you're double bastard. <clears throat> and you'll taste exactly... <laughs> Who knows how much that wrecked our palate, right? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm just trying to. It really did kind of wreck my palate because I'm just trying to to, to think of. And I'm, I'm walking around the grocery mm-hmm. store, right? And I'm not finding it. I'm not finding what I'm looking for. So for the malt side of it, you know, the more I drink it, the more the malt's coming through. I'm getting used to those fruity flavors. So I think, which I think I did a pretty good job describing. I'm, so I'm ready to leave that aisle and get to the malt aisle. And there, I'm getting something that's kind of biscotti-like. Biscotti's good call. I was going to say there's something a little bit, um, what's the word I want to use? Birchy or something like that. Like almost like the bar, you know, like uh, something yeah. that's a little more, almost, you know, it, vaguely approaching root beer on the spec on, mm-hmm. on the sort of right. spectrum. So, but but you know. You got real. I mean, if you're using root beer or you know the root beer flavoring as your benchmark, you have to walk it way back, right? Yes, because yes. it's it's just that essence. It's the natural, unsweetened essence of that kind of thing, and it's really a pretty long walk. So, I mean, that's fine. It's a great benchmark, but it's so it's it's the natural yeah thing that turned into root beer, right? That that's you have to walk it back that far, where it's actually closer to calling it like. Barky. I was trying to figure out if I could call it, um, what's the fake cinnamon called? Cassia. Cassia. But it's not that spicy, right? I didn't want to go that far. But that is a bark that we eat, so that that always comes. Well, that's that's why why it came to mind, yeah. I did get the grapefruit that you mentioned, or something along those lines. The sip I just had now was a, went back a little bit and it had a citrus fruit component mm-hmm. to it for sure. Hmm. There's even a little, uh, a little, a, a little bit of the kind of a kind of briny tomato, just a bit like a like a you know if you had like a tart, nice tart tomato, like maybe a grape tomato. Yeah, I'm not really going to be able to get this tomato, I don't think. Yeah, it's funny. Where it started out really fruity, but like with fresh, tropi- almost tropical type right. fruits, plantains and and bananas. And then I walked over to the, the barky multi part of the grocery store. Now I'm getting back to the citrus aisle, you know, which is pretty different from the tropical yeah. aisle, you know. So it's it's definitely taking me different places as I drink it. It's uh, I'm, I'm I'm really enjoying it a lot. Maybe that's just the triple buck wearing off, right? <laughs> I like to think that it's like coming know, down from bad LSD, coming down from a bad trip. 
um, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of complex flavors here. It's, I'm curious how it would be compared to, you know, a fresh double bastard, which is probably mm-hmm. going to be really just uber hoppy, just like super duper hoppy. Well, we're going to be shopping soon, so maybe we'll look for those. You know, I don't think we've done... I've had Arrogant Bastard lately. I think I just said that probably about a month ago on the show. That's been a long time since I've had Arrogant Bastard, so it's about time to have one of those again. Yeah, we could uh, we could retake our steps in that way. All right, so let's... Before we go to the smoky guy, let's go to this barley one here. Before we do that, let's do this. So, um, the best way to support us, Amazon.com. No! CraftBeerRadio.com slash Amazon. CraftBeerRadio.com slash Amazon. When you want to shop at Amazon, remember us. Don't go to Amazon.com. Go to CraftBeerRadio.com slash Amazon, and we will forward you straight there with our little referral link tagged in there. We don't know what you buy. We don't know who buys what. We know what was all purchased, but, you know, you might have bought the, the, the Xyla stoppers. You might have bought the Spiegel glasses. You might have bought the, the the weird sex toys that they actually sell on Amazon. But, you know, who knows? Um, who knows? You can you have plausible deniability. You don't even have to tell us you bought anything, and we won't even know. We'll just appreciate that anonymous guy that bought that really kinky stuff. Um, again, that's craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. All you got to do, if you want to send us some cold hard cash, there are some PayPal links on our website. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so we're going on to the barley wine. Yeah, let's do this uh, green flash barley wine here. All right, so green <coughs> flash has their barley wine style ale, four hour boil, ten point nine percent, eighty five IBUs. And this has won several awards. San Diego County Fair 2009 Silver. California State Fair 2009 Third Place. 2007 First Place, both for American Barley Wine. And the Los Angeles County Fair 2010 Bronze for American Barley Wine. So we had a bit of a Twitter conversation this week with a um, friend of the show, Nate. Um, One Drop Soup is his Twitter handle. And um, he took issue with us calling Gooses a Hooza. Yeah. And um, he found us a link on YouTube of uh, the, I think it was the brewer from Dre Fontaine, if I remember right. And it was him pouring, and he was showing how to pour his hooza, or goose. Or goose. And, he uh, called it a goose. He, he did, but he was speaking English to English people. So yeah. uh, I uh, found two other examples one was German, so I don't put too much stock in the German one. But Ger- the Germans definitely call it Husa. And uh, I think that one was Dutch. And so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll start calling it Goose. Maybe I'll start calling it Frambois. I was trying, I wasn't trying to be snooty. I was just trying to be accurate. Right. And the, the you know, but at this point, it's a habit. I mean, just now talking about Goose, I meant to say Goose and I said Husa. Yeah. You know, so uh, I have some uh, habits ingrained in me on how, what I call certain things. At least I'm not calling them vit beers anymore. Yes. <laughs> That's way back. Who heard episode three? Raise your hand. <laughs> Fortunately, or perhaps unfortunately for us, we don't taste gooses that often. So it's not, it's not likely to come up very often. But man, when we get a good one, oh, uh, like that Tim that, Yeah. Woo! And if you read online, some people like kind of throw like a little uh, uh, in there so like 
or something. I don't know. I, I couldn't really get my head around that one. Even the link that um, that Nate sent, I had to listen to it like five or six times to figure out where he was actually saying goose or not. You know, <laughs> it was interesting how they pour the beer, right? Yeah, because he takes a seven fifty milliliter bottle. He actually pours out the top part for some reason. He says there's sediment in there, which on is, the top, yeah, which is weird. And really, when you pour it, the top kind of comes back, right? So it's it's the middle of the beer. I mean, I'm not saying he's wrong. Just for me, it feels weird, right? Because like, look when you pour a glass, what's on yeah. top kind of floats back, and what's in the middle goes out the not neck first. Not only that, but but here was the other weird part. He poured out a little bit. The uh-huh. beginning say, saying there was sediment. Then he poured two glasses, and then the, what was remaining, he said there's sediment, and he poured it into another glass so he could drink it later. So some, so the very beginning, he just poured out completely just onto the pan. onto the the yeah the bar tray. But but the other stuff sediment he poured into a glass room to drink. So I well, don't. <laughs> but the, so interestingly, thing he poured both glasses in one motion to not rouse additional right, sediment. Yeah. So that's that's actually I think a valuable thing to consider. And as I'm pouring beers from now on, I'm going to try to consider that more. Where he gets both glasses ready, he pours the one, and he basically just moves the bottle over or pulls the glass out from underneath it, and it's just one fluid motion, two glasses. And then, yeah, he did say, you know, you can drink the dregs, you know, if you want to, but, you know, it's not part of the proper, um, not part of the proper uh, pouring and presentation of, of the beer, right? It, it was a neat video. Um, I say well, go for the dregs. You're you're not. You probably won't be disappointed. But I think I think kind of partitioning them off into their own glass is probably a good idea yeah, too. Yeah. All right. So back to the barley wine. Pours a dark uh, kind of cola-ish color. If you're curious red-ish. about the video, just look through the you know Twitter history of of Jeff and Greg and Craft Beer Radio, and and you'll see the conversation. Mm-hmm. Lots of toffee on this one. It's funny the the label green for this flash. the label for this green flash has a thing at the bottom where it says vintage, and there's a notch cut on the label, but there's no key on the label to say what the notch signifies, um, unless the notch under the V means something. <laughs> there's an, I don't see any kind of inkjet etching on the bottle. So I think this is a this is pronounced a Harley mine. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a barely barely ween. Barely ween. Barely ween. There you go. I always trust Jeff when it comes to these pronunciations, so <laughs> that was Craig's cop out on the Twitter conversation. He's like, I don't know. It's Craig. true. It's absolutely true. <laughs> Jeff calls it who's a, and he calls it Frambos, and he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say he doesn't know what the heck he's talking yeah. about. I just said, I trust Jeff when it comes to those things because I have no idea. So, you know. We'll say in the post show, we'll talk about whether you should pronounce things like the native speakers say it or whether yeah, you should I mean, pronounce things just like you say it, right? Well, there, God, there's that thing about, you know, it was especially big like 10 years ago when, when news anchors would, would pronounce like Nicaragua instead of the mm-hmm. Americanized version. So, yeah, let's say that for the post show. Yeah. Write it down. <clears throat> All right. The aroma on this one, it's a little actually it's, it first came across is is fairly malty, but I just took a sniff and smelled some orange in there. I would expect Green Flesh's barley wine to be a pretty hoppy barley wine when it's brand new. 
But this is vintage. <laughs> this one's vintage. This one is probably new the year we had the little barley wine tasting here with a bunch of our friends. That was, was that 208? Um, 208, 207. I mean, it was, was that, I don't think Allison was born yet. No, I don't think so either. And she was born in March of 2008. So, something like that. It might have been just before that. Heather might have been, it might have been like December, January. Yeah. Okay, wow. Still getting a lot of toffee. The nose is more closed in than the last one, so we are, it's making us work more to get more aromas and, and descriptors out of this. Getting something, it's kind of tropical, but not quite pineapple, something okay. a little mango-ish, maybe? Okay. It's just a tiny bit of booziness on their nose. Mango's interesting. I did get one whiff where I got a, a big orange. Um, yeah. Not not quite mandarin orange, but maybe more of a blood orange or something like that. Even more tangerine. Tangerine. With with hints of apricot in there. There's a fair amount of citrus still in the flavor. Mm-hmm. That's it the first thing through. I noticed. The first thing I noticed was kind of a... Yeah, tangerine's a good call there. Somewhere between tangerine and orange. Maybe one of those oranges that aren't so orangey. You know, the ones that are a little more neutral in flavor. Right, you know, right. Something like that. Um, the maltiness comes through, but I mean, it's kind of a supporter to the to the hops. The hoppy, uh, fruity flavors on this. Let me take another sip, see if it changes at all. It actually comes across more, um, more like a, a German malt or something than a, than big caramel flavors, right? You're getting more like white bread crust type. You know, more toast type character mm-hmm. than caramel type character. Uh, it was almost a little bit reminiscent of an alt beer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not as really experienced with alt beers as I would like to be because I've had you know, the initial experiences I had with alt beers was not very mm-hmm. good. So I've tended to kind of avoid them, although I've tried to, to keep <laughs> up and, 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 and get better at them in recent years. But. You have big, long, pointy teeth. <laughs> but yeah, there's uh, kind of. If I'm going to describe it without bread, I mean, without just going to like crusty bread, then maybe mm. a little bit like a pound cake without an exceptional amount of sweetness. Now, this last sip was really tangy, bitter. I mean, I really noticed the you know the bitterness on the, on this last sip. It reminded me more of um, never had it, but if you could imagine like a grapefruit marmalade or a grapefruit jelly or something mm-hmm. like that. Thinking German, maybe the maybe the the breading is kind of like a pretzel. Hmm. There's a little bit of pretzel in there. Yeah. A little bit of, you know, um, 
don't know how to describe it. I wouldn't really call it sourdough at all, but um, just like a roasted mm-hmm. bit of bread with salt and and not much sweetness, right? I think there still might be a little triple bock in my glass. I just smelled some soy sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Or just lodged up in my sinuses or my brain. I think that there is some umami in here. There is some of that deep. But it's more more of a really dark toffee than Mm -hmm. it is a soy sauce, right? It's it's a it's a deep sweetness, a deep caramel, right? <clears throat> On their webpage, they say, "Enjoy fresh today, or lay it down and see how the flavors of each vintage evolved." But they're not telling us what vintage it is, so... <laughs> well, it definitely seems like an oversight in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Doesn't matter. We know it's most likely 2008-ish. Close enough to... Close enough for the record that matters. Mm. Very drinkable. Uh, doesn't t- it doesn't really taste much in the way of boozy. I took my last sip was a little bit bigger than the rest of my sips, and I got some maple in there, which I wasn't getting otherwise. But you know, sometimes we talk about how size of sip changes what yeah. you perceive. Mm-hmm. I took a slightly bigger sip, and I got some mapley type character. Greg took a bigger sip to see if he could come along with it. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Enough, enough to enough to say that that there's something like it there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So many things you have to check out. You have to make sure you know bottle stratification. <laughs> you got to take big sips and small sips. Drink fast. Drink slow. All right. So we are finishing our flight with a very rare beer. It is. We picked this one up at Saver last year, and this is. Bottled with love on one 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 six one two eleven November sixteenth twenty twelve. Um, this must is, have been two years ago, right? Because this was the twenty yeah, first anniversary Church Key Tap takeover, and we were not in DC last year for Saver. I, I remember. I remember talking about this beer with yeah twenty twelve December eleven twenty twelve. <sighs> Okay, this is what well, we should talk about the beer. This is the Schlafly 21, um, bottled by the St. Louis Brewery. It's a single malt Scottish style ale, ale aged in Scotch whiskey barrels. And I remember talking with the brewer about this beer, and I don't know. It was pretty clearly in the room in New York City, but maybe that oh, was. So it, it, could, it could have been. Uh, it could, uh, they, they could have still had one in New York City, but, but where it was yeah. unveiled was. A, but how did we get the beer home from New York? Oh, did you you packed? We shipped stuff in your luggage. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I have a pretty clear recollection that it was in the room in New York. It was the on the 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 left one on the floor. You know when we had the two in the. Saver's coming up, isn't it? It's next month, right? Yep, Saver is coming up. 
Anyway. Hmm. Okay, so the color on this one is a woodyish yellow. It has uh, the largest head of anything we've poured, which is not that surprising. 10.2% alcohol by volume, a Scotch Ale slash Wee Heavy. So this is one of those bottles that's like a dogfish bottle where you have to use your Xylus alternative mm-hmm. to cork it. Um, so I'm using the old style Xylus, but you obviously can't buy those. This is where you get the, the uh, Joey. Joey, yeah. So 2012 vintage. Yeah, and I didn't say why because it has a smaller neck hole. Yeah, and um, you need a <laughs> neck hole just sounds dirty. Um, For some reason, you need a more narrow gauge uh, stopper. So we, when we did the whole experiment of all the stoppers on Amazon, we found that the Joey was the best one for the style bottles, and all the big 750 dogfishes are probably the most available example of yeah. of that bottle. So what's the single malt? The single malt is a type of barley called Optic from a farm in Scotland. And it's balanced with British hops, they say. And they, and they age the beer in freshly emptied Scotch whiskey barrels. So you, you, you put Ooh. this glass up to your nose and it smells peaty. Yes. There's a big peatiness in there. There's a really big peatiness in there. It smells like a scotch. That, that, that's a callback. For that is a callback from God knows how long ago. <laughs> a long time ago. Well, I think I don't think we were in our hundreds yet. <laughs> Probably not. It's funny. The um, this is one where you have to actually. Uh, it smells a lot more scotchy, and it's a lot more opened up when you twill turn the glass and coat the sides of the glass i just smelled it before like when i had it had settled and it smells very different and not as delicious when it's just sitting in the bottom of the glass and not have all that surface area of the glass wet so when like let's see if i can get back to where it wasn't as good and see what how it smells different it's been sitting there no i'm sorry it well no i actually got a little bit of it (laughs) It, uh, yeah, it's a quite different smell. Like when it's just sitting there, maybe because it's cold still, it's not really giving off a ton of aroma. You get a little bit of, of smoke, but you also get some, some kind of apple-y. Not green apple, but more of like uh Fuji or Gala apple. I'm getting a little bit of that when it's not coating the sides of the glass. And and really that that comes becomes clear after the initial blast of of peat smoke. But when you like take it, twist it like this, and coat the sides of the glasses, it's all kinds of deep and 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 scotchy goodness. I wouldn't say it smells like a lagavulin or anything, but it definitely smells like some sort of something along it's, those lines. It, it it I am hardly a scotch expert. I know scotch about as well as I know bourbons. And again, that's just, you know, I have a vocabulary uh, or I have a a well-known, you know, maybe five or ten different scotches I could, you know, I really know the characteristics of. Not even ten. Five, five plus. Somewhere in there. 
And this one reminds me more of an Islay Scotch than than some of the other ones, right? Where it's definitely more campfirey, more smoky. They, um, you know, a lot of um, more like Highland Scotches, and I, the the area where most of the Scotch comes from, which the name alludes me up uh, Scotland, uh, I guess. But there's probably a better name for Scotch enthusiasts to call it. Uh, you know, where those ones really aren't uber smoky right and i love uber smoky scotches right oh i have a bottle of i have two scotches in the house i have lagavulin and lafroy and they're both Islay. you know they're both really of the smoky variety well, let's see what this thing tastes like definitely has some of that smoke taste mm-hmm. a kind of uh Mm. The campfirey sort of like mm-hmm. if you if you burn a marshmallow and 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 eat that, it's it's a little um, it's a little meaty too though. It reminds me of um, almost like pig skin, like you know, like roast pig. Like you're eating the skin part of it. Yeah, that's not that bad. Has a huge aftertaste, huge smoky aftertaste. And at this point in the flight, it's really hurting the drinkability for me. Kind of hangs around it and is, I don't know, dare I say unwelcome. You know, it's like, not ma- no, not making me pick up the glass to take another sip. Yeah, it's a little, um, I know what you mean. It's... <laughs> Nauseating's not quite the right word, no, but it's... Uh, it's not quite the right word. <laughs> But it's definitely not in in this flight. It's not particularly appealing. I think we had a bunch of sweet stuff, and here we're getting something that's really yeah. much more like a um, like like a like a barbecue, mm-hmm. and and then the sweetness that that is accompanying it is almost a little cidery. And it's it's slightly off from what the rest of the beers had given us. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it, the flight definitely does not help it, if not destroys destroys it. I mean, it's it's my least favorite, and I don't think any more sips is really going to change that. I remember when I had this beer at Saver, I thought it was really good. So I'm not sure how much is flight, how much is if it didn't age well, or how much is uh, you know it's two years old now, yeah, or almost well a year and a half old. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna see if I can get past that. Mm-hmm. But there is something. It's a little strong to say revulsion, but there is something about it where you you feel like you want to pull back from it when you yeah. taste it. Mm-hmm. I think the initial flavor in the mouth is fine. Mm-hmm. It's really when you swallow it, and then it sort of lets its sort of scotchness out, and that kind of campfire. It feels dusty almost. It feels just like like a 
like you're creaking open an old attic. And there's something not quite so appealing about that. I th- you know, you mentioned the cidery. I talked about the Yale apples early on. There's something in there, and maybe that's the maybe it's oxidized. Maybe maybe there's some acetyl aldehyde going on, but it's not really green apple though. It's really for me. It's really like a Yale, yeah, something like that, or a Fuji. I, I mean, I don't yeah. know much I mean, in the way of apples, but yeah, Fuji's but, the one that you bake with, right? So yeah. Fuji's and Galas are, are pretty similar to me. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I I don't know what else to say about it. Really, it's it's, it's it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. And I remember liking it an awful lot the last time I had it, but not tonight. So, Jeff, how would you rank these beers? How would I rank these beers? Uh, I'm gonna put the single malt Scottish ale from Schlafly in last place. It, it might, uh, you know, we, we capped it off. I'll try it again later in the week and, and see if uh, on its own it it comes across differently. But at the end of the flight, you know, I, I, I said nauseating is not the right word. And then what did you say? You said repugnant, repulsive or something? There's a little bit of revulsion. Revulsion, yeah. <laughs> um, not good things for a beer review. No. Um, it's just not I mean that is like it's anti-drinkable tonight and mm-hmm. where it was in the flight so we gotta put that one in last place and then I guess the triple box has gotta be next um, that was it was supremely undrinkable but more drinkable to me than the, okay. than the Schlafly um, there was a great rich aroma the flavor was decent. The beer was too sweet. I mean, they, this was this was the first extreme beer. This was yeah. the first time that they had their their ninja yeast, you know, trying to work, and it didn't dry out the beer enough, and uh, probably was never intended to last nineteen years. No, or um, sit next to a microwave for a long time. Yeah, sit in well, it was in a hot kitchen next to the microwave. The hot kitchen's and the lights more important probably than the, than the microwave itself. Um, so third place. In second place, I'm going to put the Green Flash Barley Wine. It was a good beer. It wasn't as... I mean, it... So, I, I mean, I enjoyed the aromas, the flavors. It was just a, not as interesting as the Double Bastard. The Double Bastard had a wonderful aroma that took me to the orchard and you know showed me cherry trees and cherry blossoms, things like that. And then you go to the flavor and you taste green plantains and pineapples then it goes into this birchy malty um thing and then it took me back to the citrus fruits and that and then that was more of what you'd expect from a beer like that some of the citrusy hop notes from it and uh it was for 2008 you know double bastard it was quite drinkable and it wasn't overwhelming it wasn't crazy boozy it wasn't crazy bitter it was pleasant surprise I'm going to be slightly different than you. My number four beer is going to be the Triple Bock. And the reason is because it was just so overpowering that I... I mean, we had to pour it out. And, well, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to pour this one out too. (laughs) But um, I think that the Schlafly lost kind of because of flight. And I don't think that the triple block the triple block would have been any better no matter where you put it in the flight. 
So that's the only reason why I think I'm putting the the, the Schlafly in front right. of the Triple Buck. Okay. But they both were not really very drinkable, and uh, and certainly not not up to the the next two. And then I agree with Jeff. The the Green Flash is number two. It's very good, good barley wine. But the Double Bastard was really delicious, and uh, I was uh, pleasantly pleasantly surprised by how good this uh, this Double Bastard was. All right, that sounds. Pretty good to me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Excuse me. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website, craftbeerradio.com, for more information to find out what that means. Um, you can communicate with us on Twitter. That's a preferred method for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am at Jeff Bearer. At CBR Greg. And then there is the at Craft Beer Radio Twitter account as well. You can uh, email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com. And uh, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon is where you want to go just for fun whenever you're bored. Just craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Let's see what it is today. Oh, look, it's Amazon. Bye, 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 bye. Yes, buy a house. <laughs> Do they sell houses? They should. They should. They really yeah. should. And then you should buy one from them. Oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, there's. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Catch you. This next is where time. I should fade out the music yeah. and just turn off the recording, huh? <laughs>